Welcome to the Times Lakers show. We're back, baby. I don't know why I never say baby. I'm joined by Bill Orem from the Oregonian. No BT. We have gone much bonier, much pastier this week. Bill, you're the award-winning columnist for the Oregonian. My friend. And you're an expert on this. You're the perfect person to have this week because I think it's a big deal. Wednesday, this week, 2024, I don't know what day of the week, what the date actually is. The Lakers will play the Clippers at Crypto.com Arena. It will be the final time, playoff pending, that the Lakers are the road team in their home building. And I'm, I'm very interested in this. You've covered both teams, Bill. Explain to these people um, how different it feels uh, to, to drive to the same address and, and basically walk into a, a house that's, you know, to use D'Angelo Russell's words, words, have been completely redecorated. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Dan. Um, being a guest on a show hosted by you is the easiest job in the world because I don't really have to say anything. Um, uh, you know, to me, I think it was always just really star startling to, you know, primarily cover the Lakers uh, at, at what is now Crypto.com Arena and to, you know, be, have a very comfortable feel for what that building was like, you know, 40, 41 times a year and to feel like it was just sort of what was normal. And then twice a year you walked in and it, I think that's a great description that it was totally different. I mean, the energy was different. The lighting was different. Um, you know, what was always striking to me was how different the energy was um, behind the scenes because the Clippers have so much in-game entertainment, so much yeah. you know, in the way of cannons and, you know, various, um, you know, things are shooting into the crowd and different dance teams, dance teams, stunt teams, uh, tumbling a teams, mascot. a mascot. Yeah, and it's like all those things are happening, you know, backstage, if you will, um, you know, while the game is playing out a Lakers game. I mean, backstage is a great place to go be alone with your thoughts. I mean, there wasn't that same level of energy. <laughs> there weren't people running around. There weren't, I mean, I remember at Clippers games, there were always people back there, like they're rolling up the t-shirts and putting rubber bands around them because it just was a completely different um, vibe. And yeah. so, you know, I, you know, I've, I've gone back to a house that I once previously lived in and driven by and seen a different car in the driveway. I mean, I think that's a great description. You know, there was always, you'd always hear stories about players having issues parking because the parking situation is, is different. Um, you know, it, it just is a totally different um, for staff, you know, for Lakers staff, um, you know, they have certain routines or certain, you know, parking um, customs that change when they're the, when they're the visitor. Yeah. I think, I think you hit it there. Like there is like routine, right. And like some of the stuff, I think when you tell it to the general public or people that aren't in our industry, they may say like, well, what's the big deal? And they're probably right. Like some of the stuff is what's the big deal. But there was one thing that um, D'Lo said to me that I had never totally considered, and it, it struck me as fascinating. So, Bill, when we explain the geography of, like, the locker room setup at Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena, whatever, right, the Lakers have the locker room that is closest to the tunnel that the home team runs out before the game and at halftime. Like, it is, like, 50 steps away from, like, locker to floor. Um, that is the same tunnel the Clippers use when they are the home team. And, I, and when the two teams play, the home team gets that tunnel. That means if you're the Lakers, and this is, again, not why they've lost a bunch of games to the Clippers recently, but it is something where you leave your locker room and you run past four other locker rooms to get to the court. You, you go by the 
visiting hockey locker room, you go by the Clipper locker room, you go by the visiting NBA locker room, and then you go by the LA Kings locker room to use the visitor tunnel. And it is just like these little tiny things. I mean, to your point again, like imagine you're a player, you play 43 times in that building and 41 of them you sit on, what is it, the, the north side of the court? I don't even know if it's north or whatever. And then twice you sit on the south. And I think also when you just consider the flow of foot traffic, you know, um, the visiting team, when it's a normal Lakers home game, you know, goes around to in one direction and the Lakers go the other way. So I imagine yeah. it's ripe for more like hallway confrontations because there is actually yes. cross traffic have more over in the Lakers years. game. You know, I think, it, I think it's weird, but I, I don't think it is all backstage. I mean, that was kind of, you know, for me, you know, going there for work. I mean, you go to a Lakers and Clippers game. I mean, it is, they are different buildings. It is, it is incredible. I mean, you could, it's you, crazy. You could and be kudos. in Phoenix, you could be in Milwaukee, you could be in um, uh, Orlando at, at a Clippers game. You know, a Lakers game is a singular experience for all the reasons that people are well established. Bill, I was saying one of the interesting things that I think I came across my reporting too, was like when Staples Center opened, uh, they, ba they, they basically look the same. Um, you know, this, the theater lighting that we've come to like associate with the Lakers was not there in 1999. Um, if you go back and watch the highlights of, you know, the Shaq and Kobe years, you can see into the eighth and ninth and 10th row, just like if you watch Earl Boykins and Corey Maggette and Darius Miles highlights, like the courts are lit exactly the same. And in 2006, before that season, the, the Lakers make the decision to go to the theater lighting, which to me is like the real, like the first step in like making these two experiences like really be um, unique. And then shortly after that, the uh, Doc Rivers gets hired. They cover the banners. That's that's the thing that the Lakers change or the Clippers change their lighting to like the the LED like hockey bright lighting. Um, and then kind of from there, especially as Steve Ballmer has purchased the Clippers, like the energies and just sort of the environments, it is eerie. Um, I am an old person. I feel like Clipper games are way louder. Being at a Clippers game is like a very weird, like glimpse into Steve Ballmer's brain. Like it is, it is, <laughs> you know, it, it is, you know, frenetic. Hardcore. It's hardcore. Frenetic and hardcore. And like, you know, basically yeah. it is, it is, you know, Steve Ballmer's energy and, uh, you know, his, his various, uh, celebration moves um mm -hmm. expanded over the over you know a twenty thousand seat arena so um you know it has become very reflective of his personality and what he brings as a courtside owner as well so our time together today is limited because i was late but i do want to ask you um having covered the lakers having um pinch hit and covered the clippers for for a small chunk of time yeah why was that dan because i left um, it's what I do best, Dad. What do you What do you think this new building is gonna do for like Lakers Clippers as a rivalry? Because that was a question that in our ten years covering these teams was it like asked very earnestly, because they were both kind of good at the same time for the first time, and then the Clippers got really good, the Lakers got really bad, and the Clippers beat up on them a lot, and there was a lot of talk about is it a rivalry? Is it not a rivalry? Um, how does the second building? change that dynamic do you think i think it i think it literally gives them their own piece of la you know it you know it, whether that's you know 
their fan base is not centered in, in Inglewood, you know, necessarily, but sure. it just gives them, it gives them more independence and autonomy of, you know, they, their own little corner of the city, you know, they can say, you know, we're this, not that, you know, streetlights over spotlights and all the various, you know, catchphrases over the years. Yeah. And, you know, but it, it, they, they were, you know, they were sub, they were subletting and it gave them a sense. I felt of impermanence um, of, extraness if if we if, if the we third could, tenant yeah the i mean third tenant they just felt yeah. expendable and you know and so i think you know it's going to help with their own identity it's going to help with their own um you know they're just just them being a a different team for los angeles as opposed to being in the lakers shadow and and you know yeah. we'll see how that we'll see how that ends up playing out in terms of on-court results and what that brand and identity ends up looking like. But I think being separate from the Lakers, being separate from, you know, the same part of town, like playing in a completely different part of town, playing in Inglewood, um, you know, does, you know, which I recognize is literally in the historical shadow of the Lakers, but, you know, now yeah, can be there, sure. Parking lot but now can, but now can be there, um, you know, their part of town. And I think, I think that's cool. And I think it, I think it's just necessary to just get away from the, um, you know, oh, when the Lakers aren't playing, that's when we can have our games. Literally at breakfast time, like literally at like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna have our our, our players show up at nine a.m. for games, you know, ten times a year because that's when the Lakers and Kings let us have it. I think I'm with you. I I, I hope I I really want the rivalry to be good. It's a thing that I want to to like really, and I understand that rivalries happen after play. Like that doesn't have to be the case. Like it can just be like, and I do think that having, you know, different parts of town. Um, add to it. I am from Chicago. Bill, you have a Mets fan. Like it, you you can still be rivals and not share a building. I I do want to just take two seconds to say, just like I am sad to see this end, because it is such an oddity, and it only existed here. Um, I called someone at the league and asked, like, do you know of any other time this has ever happened, where two teams have played in the same building and they couldn't think of one, um, at least certainly not on a permanent basis. Um, a weird chapter in NBA real estate ends this week. Um, if you like weird and you like chapters, um, Bill Orem is one of my favorite writers in the industry. I know he's got something really, really exciting in the pipeline that is not weird, that is a terrific story. I will be sure to share that. William, thank you for joining. It's great to see you. Um, thanks for dressing up. You asked me to do this after I'd already gotten dressed for the day. So I just want to be very clear that this is uh, this is my everyday wear. I, I missed the memo that I needed to wear a tuxedo, Dan, as did you, so. Just, oh, I'm very comfortable at what I'm wearing. All right, that, we're gonna be back next week. We're gonna, we're gonna drag Brad Turner back into the studio next week. Um, you can read me on latimes.com. You follow me on the X. You can follow me on the IG. And you can read me at the LAT. Uh, that's the latimes.com. Uh, subscribe, buy a newspaper, please. I wanna get some new shoes. Uh, thanks, producer Mark Potts. Uh, subscribe, like, comment, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for having us.